Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Who Dat Jedi podcast. This is episode 159, if you're keeping count. Can you believe it? 159. Holy crap. Uh, my name is Aaron, and with me, as always, is Fredo and Dave. How are we doing, guys? Doing well. Hello. And uh, we are joined tonight with a special guest. She's going to be our main topic of conversation because uh, she's got a new uh, con that is going to be um, coming into existence here. And we are with Martha Howard from Mobile. So how are we doing? Okay, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for joining us um, in our little corner of nerddom here. Um, so Fredo, you have a new background you're in a, you're in a, uh, if this was a video podcast, everybody, you'd notice that Fredo is like in a secure location or something, but he has <laughs> oh, close location somewhere inside a bunker somewhere. Yes. And, and new Except internet, new internet freshly installed today. So, um, yeah, so this is a, so everything's going good yeah, with can... the, with the move and everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, Slowly but surely, I didn't get everything I needed over the weekend. I'm probably still going to have to move some stuff. I'm just going to recommend if you're ever going to move, don't do it in the middle of the rest of your life. Try to pick a period when nothing else is happening. You know, because, you know. last week last week I was in the middle of nowhere, Texas with 50 kids for a medical kids camp. And next week I got to fly out to Washington, D.C. So in the middle of all that, yeah, pack up everything and move. You know, when Brittany and I moved from Nebraska to New Orleans, uh, we re- it was like after we packed up stuff we should we just like you know what we should have done we should have just sold everything every bit of furniture and just like bought new stuff when we got down here little by little because it was, oh, it was awful the best advice one of my brothers gave me as he was helping was treat treat this like space balls take only what you need to survive <laughs> Yes. And, and if so you I haven't, took, so I took the giant air drive. Yep. And if you haven't looked at something for five years, throw it away. That's, that's yep. our recommendations. Mm-hmm. All right. So, and by the way, we got to talk some saint stuff, guys. Bigfoot was cited today. Mike Thomas was on the football field catching passes and such. So what's the over under on the number of games he's going to play this year? I'm what do you, what do we say? Seven. <laughs> I'll, I'll be I'll be up the positive one. I'll say eight. Yeah. Uh, no right here. Man, it's. I don't know. I just hope he stays healthy. I hope the team stays healthy. But man, we need we need Mike Thomas. And if he wants to have any sort of career after this season, he needs to have a season. So anyway, um, so um, Martha, you're in Alabama. Yeah. Are you a Saints fan or not? Or are you, is that too, are you a, some team in Florida or a fan at all? Hi, I'm a nerd. I don't do sports. <laughs> I am completely lost when it comes to sports. Like, I am really, uh, yeah, I'm a big nerd. I don't do sports at all. That's all right. That's all right. Never. I grew up in a house full of girls. It's just not something that we, my mom, though, is like a huge sports nut. But because my baby brother is, but I'm not. Right on. But, well, uh, you know, go sports. We uh, we we talk a little bit. I mean, being in New Orleans, it's kind of like yeah, a thou. Sh- it's like the second commandment, I think. I don't know. Um, I don't know what the first commandment would be, but uh, anyway. So I tell you what, let's. Uh, I'm looking. What's that? 
Don't block anybody. Don't block anybody's driveway. Well, tell my neighbors. Um, so anyway, all right. <laughs> so we let's get into some Star Wars trivia here. Um, and Martha's joining us. Uh, and uh, so the rules again is whatever question I see first, I have to read it. So even if it's like the easiest question in the world. Um, but uh, these are from episodes one through six. And I have to put on my old man glasses to be able to read them today. All right. So, Dave, we're going to start with you tonight. Um, we're going to raise Martha's level of concern a little bit as we get these. Great. So. Awesome. All right. All right. So this is the first one I see. Um, who crashes a speeder onto the streets of Coruscant, not far from the Outlander Club? So this is one of the more difficult ones. Who crashes a speeder onto the streets of Coruscant, not far from the Outlander Club? Uh, was it uh, Zam Wessel? It is Zam Wessel. That's the, okay. So that was the most. That that is one of the biggest like things that they offered up and then just dropped like a hot bag of rocks was i think she's a changeling and you're like oh what's a changeling and then you see her change her face once and then she's dead and it doesn't matter for the rest of the story ever <laughs> so why did you make her a changeling if all she's going to do is go to anakin sorry to up the danger he didn't need it he was hanging on the edge of a speeder like a thousand feet in the air all right anyway all right, oh, Fredo. Man, here comes the softball. It's the first one I saw. Who at the Jawa sale tells C-3PO to shut up? Who at the Jawa sale tells C-3PO to shut up? That would be Uncle Owen. Oops, I just hit my microphone. Yes, it would be Uncle Owen. It would be Uncle Owen. Mm. I didn't realize it was called the Jawa sale. But hey, whatever. All right. Is that what they call it? I've never heard. <laughs> no. All right, Martha. Here's to you. It's your turn. Oh boy. Who's R2D2's opponent in the game of Hollow Chess? Oh, it's uh, Chewie. No, I'm sorry. The answer is Chewbacca. We have to go with the full name. <laughs> yes, that is. You are 100 percent correct. See, you got you got the easy one for the for the game. I hey. thought thought Fredo's was easy, but no, that's, that was a good one. Um, all right, and for me, who was the last of the separatist leaders to die? That would be Newt Gunray. The, the question should have been name two other separatist leaders who died yeah that would have been a little trickier that would have been more difficult right yeah newt's the guy everybody knows so we're best name ever (laughs) (laughs) so we were talking we were talking earlier well before we got on uh started recording um because we're talking about how you know nerdy we are and uh fredo you know said okay so what's the number of the trash compactor and i said well it's three two six three eight two seven and again, I've told the story, I think, on this podcast before, but my brother took me to my first Star Wars convention, and it was like literally like 40 people in a library in Lincoln, Nebraska. And we actually got to see um, the trailer for Return of the Jedi. Um, it was the first time that 
it wasn't like publicly released. We got to see it. It was really cool. But they had a trivia game. And I, my friend and I were sitting there. I mean, so 83, we were, I guess of an 82, we would have been about nine years old. And we're sitting there listening to these older, like college kids do the uh, trivia. And that was one of the questions was, what's the number of the trash compactor? And Ed and I looked at each other like, what in the heck? And all the people just in unison, three, two, six, three, eight, two, seven. And it was just like, that's when I went nerds, but it stuck <laughs> with me forever. So, um, yeah, I was at, uh, Bennett Martin library. Well, all right. So, uh, there's actually some kind of big news. Well, exciting news, interesting news. I don't know. It's, uh, just a couple of cool things going on. Freda, what's going on in star Wars land? Uh, just a couple of quick things. So let's start actually with the big one, which is uh, Empire Magazine had a big cover with Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka and a big old article detailing a whole bunch of stuff. It actually gives you a first look at uh, Natasha Leo Bordiso as Sabine, which, you know, actually looking at her, you know, I think they recreated the final shot from Rebels. Uh, so it's almost a candy seeing her compared to the animated one. Obviously, Rosario Dawson said, look, I'm I'm trying to t- tell Dave Filoni to give us season two. I want more of that. And then uh, surprise, in the middle of all that, apparently there's a photo of what appears to be an Inquisitor, mm-hmm. which given the point in the timeline we're at, I'm surprised they're still around, but that's kind of the thing. And I think they revealed that uh, uh, Ray Stevenson's character is supposed to be kind of like one of those uh fallen jedi who's kind of a bounty hunter but not really a jedi anymore so, so uh, well, it's, it's got a chock full of information ahead of the show coming next month so i saw a little bit about that and i got uh, two things i got two things one first of all um ray stevenson's character they said jedi who survived order 66 and became a mercenary and it's like right. okay that tracks so here's my thing it's like why are we all cryptic about his character a month ago when we're going to spill all the beans in empire magazine, you know, down it's like, because there, everybody was like, Oh, why is his lightsaber orange? Oh goodness. Who, you know, it's like they're playing. It's, but then they're just going to tell us instead of letting us find out through the course of the show. That was kind of good. That's just all rhetorical. Um, I have a two part answer though. Oh, go for it, Dave. Okay. Uh, firstly, uh, Empire paid probably a lot of money for an exclusive. Um, Touche. Uh, they, and they have that long-standing relationship where they always reveal uh, characters and details and all that good stuff. And I think it's been good for both parties. Um, the other side of this, I think back to um, the release of the new Zelda game, and it was just kind of like a, a trickle of information, and then it was a little bit more... And a little bit more and i think like it acts as a bit of a warning for people who don't want to be spoiled that we're getting into spoiler territory so now shut down you know start blocking yeah, phrases on your right. social media etc because um more and more and more is going to come out as we go along now the other thing about the inquisitor fredo i will say i mean it's quite obvious that the world between worlds is going to come into play and this inquisitor looks a lot like the inquisitor who whose helicopter saber busted you know in that episode of rebels i don't know but it it could be that an inquisitor 
you know, or, you know, Vader, whoever figures out the world between worlds. And so we got to go hunting Jedi. Who knows? I don't know. So it's feasible. Well, it could, I mean, yeah, it could be something where, you know, kind of like if you go back to the future kind of thing, you go back in time and, you know, <laughs> they're going to bet on sporting like events. Say. Yeah. Well, you know, kind of like you have to do something to maybe retrieve something. Who knows? There might be a mission. And if so, you know, as far as the Inquisitors are concerned, Ahsoka will be a Jedi. No, no, whether they don't, they're not going to see her as, oh, you're coming from the future or whatever. They're just going to see lightsaber, Jedi, take them out. So that might create some conflict there immediately without necessarily having to bring in Vader and all the other elements uh, that we kind of touch upon in Rebels. Because, again, even this is supposed to be the continuation from Rebels Season 4, you can't really go back and start rewriting what you saw before. Martha, are you a Rebels fan? I am. Clone Wars as well? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's... I feel like lately uh, I've been watching a lot of, like, the newer stuff. And we actually... uh, My son and I did kind of a rewatch through all the Clone Wars fairly recently. Just, you know, refresher course type situation. (laughs) But, um, yeah, no, I really like that stuff. It's fun. And so you're excited for the Ahsoka series? I am. I am. Well, I mean, I I love Rosario Dawson anyway. I think she's fantastic. Um, She's, she's just a lot of fun. But yeah, no, I think it's, yeah, I am. You know, it's funny because reading, um, I read a a post from Ashley Eckstein on uh, uh, Instagram. She talked about, you know, people's journey with the character of Ahsoka. And I, I mean, I went on that exact same journey. It's like the first time I started watching Clone Wars and it was like, you know, Anakin Skywalker has a Padawan and it's an annoying little kid. It's like, you know, it, I mean, I went and then she became, I love the character. It's one of my favorite characters now in Star Wars. So it is interesting how I think they, they wrote it very well. And yeah, I mean, Rosario Dawson, I think fits what you would think of more mature, you know, older ahsoka yeah no she's she's a great fit i think she's got like i don't know there's there is a almost like i've seen too much like i'm too young to have seen all this like that just kind of like lives in rosario dawson and i think she's great at that Mm. self-actualized would be how i would describe her like she's just like i'm i'm here you know like i i've seen i'm 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 me and that's enough but it's it's tough not to when I when I see her in the Ahsoka get up to like start hearing some of Becky's lines from Clerks Two. <laughs> okay, so, that's a great movie. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> but true story. That's how I met my wife. So that's amazing. Clerks Two. So. See, the first time I saw her on screen, we started singing uh, from Rent. So yeah, that's right. Rent. So immediately, you know, my my daughter is like, she starts singing out tonight, and I'm like, yep. That's that's about where we are. Yeah. So, but no, I, I, the the images look cool. I agree with you. For, I mean, Sabine looks great. Um, man, people are getting really nitpicky on how apparently Ezra's lightsaber looks different than it did in the cartoon. It's just like I want to bang my head on the table. It's like, come on. Um, I still like what Dave Filoni and. John Favreau talked about with the dark saber in the Mandalorian said, you know, 
the animation is kind of like a an interpretation of the real thing so they can't look you know carbon copy of one another um but man people are getting that nitpicky to say the emitter it was it wasn't even the lightsaber it was the emitter yeah that's a pet peeve of mine um i'm a cosplayer so the idea of taking an animated thing and turning it into a real thing like i understand that there's you know you, you can't do it perfectly because it's an animated thing and that the fact that people struggle with that just drives me up a wall well we'll talk more about cosplaying here in a little bit <laughs> fredo i hijacked your uh your your news segment so what's next no, tell no, us tell us how mark hamill is lying through his teeth <laughs> so uh hollywood reporter was interviewing mark hamill about uh he's got a movie just came out called the machine where he's actually partnering with and it's an action movie Weirdly enough, anyway. Uh, so in the comedy, middle of all that, this, right? Action comedy, action yeah. comedy with yeah. this big, you know, you know, wrestling dude or whatever. Anyway, so in the middle of that, they start asking about what it was like going back to film the Last Jedi and filming his last scene for that movie and what his thought process was. And at the time, he says he thought I was just relishing it because I thought it was over. So then, you know, based on recent news, you know, they start talking about the more recent events, you know, where they've PH him using CGI technology and a stunt double to recreate young Luke for Book of Boba Fett and The Mandalorian. So they ask him, do you expect some more force ghosting at some point? Meaning, do you expect to see him as the force ghost that we saw in episode nine whenever the Ray Skywalker movie comes out in a few years? His answer is, quote, no, I don't have any expectations of that happening, end quote. Now, he's saying that now in 2023, that movie comes out in 2026 you know what's he gonna say you know you know if they tell we need you for a scene just come in put on the put on the costume get them hair makeup done and you know walk on set no mark is one of those guys who's very much old school actor it's like okay i gotta go to work so you know i wouldn't be surprised if his no is not a definite no you know one of another podcast i was listening to um they're actually talking about they they took it to um you know will he so the, okay so they asked specifically about playing a force ghost and he said no i don't expect that but did they ask him anything about like doing any sort of more like of the de-aging stuff because of feloni's movie um hey i don't think luke skywalker needs to be involved in whatever happens in that Star Wars Avengers type thing. I think you have enough um, characters that we don't need Luke. Um, but they've already they've already been down that road. So you know, do we expect him in maybe that one? I hope not. Just just from the standpoint of, I think you're right. I think I see that movie, the Mandelverse comes together to fight Thrawn movie. Uh, to be more of a culmination of a lot of storylines that we've seen from Boba Fett, Mandalorian, Ahsoka, Skeleton Crew, all those cast characters. So I'd rather give them the time to shine than have in the middle of that go, hey kids, it's Mark Hamill. Applause. Oh, wait, that's another. Well, <laughs> Tone it's another, F with a uh, Jedi DSQ. Master, son. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for catching up. Another DSQ reference. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I don't necessarily want that just because. I think you got more than enough. You don't need him there. So, no, does that mean they couldn't put him in there? 
Look, you know, Dave Filoni can find a way, I'm sure. Martha, what did you think of Luke in uh, the book of Boba Fett and the Mandalorian? I thought it was it was a nice it was a nice nod. Honestly, like I mean, yeah, I grew up with Luke and Leia. I did, but I'm kind of ready to move past that whole story. Like, they're Luke's a great character. Mark's a great human. You know, I think I'm done with it. Yeah. I think they did. I think so. I think they. I mean, they're right. Who else would have been training Grogu at that point? Right. Who else are they going to take him to? So that made sense. But I don't they think did. they need to have any more with him. I don't know. Dave, though, would you like to see a ghost Luke Skywalker in the new Ray movie? I, I would feel a little more natural, I guess. It wouldn't feel as forced <laughs> um, as as it might. Uh, to have the CGI uh, combined weird creation that has an uncanny valley thing to it and I I don't really like that Um, so I'd be more open to the ghost thing Uh, what I would like to see would be um, stories set in that era but like you know print form Um, because then you don't have to worry about the CGI stuff you can just have him in the story and i think like there's a lot of ground that they could cover there that the old eu um touched on that that we haven't really gotten since so um you know the whole hero thing like so many people were mad in the last jedi when they didn't get luke the hero even though to me that was the best version of luke we could have gotten there um but you know he's not like waving his lightsaber around and cutting down people and you know maybe maybe print could scratch that itch for some people so so here's a, i'm gonna pose this question to you guys because i i asked i asked Brittany about this we went and saw to kill a mockingbird um at the sanger theater this past weekend it was awesome and it got me thinking about something you know i have said many times that it's like people there are people who are clamoring for we need we can put we need Han Solo in some of these post Return of the Jedi things and let's use Alden Ehrenreich. And I've said no, anything from episode four through you know into the future needs to be either Harrison Ford or nothing. Because that just that has to be. So as we're watching this play, I got to thinking, I was like, how many people have played Atticus Finch, for example? How many times did somebody say, wow, you know, so-and-so did a great Addicts Finch, so-and-so, you know, name different actors. They did this character justice. Why is, why do I have such a problem with somebody else playing Han Solo? Little boy, Aaron. I mean, you know, you know what hero, I mean? Right. But I you mean, know, you know, I think that that's an, I'm that's, like, I'm kind of struggling yeah. with this it's like it's like yeah i'll go see you know any other thing it's like somebody taking up but maybe it is the nostalgia thing dave i don't know when when i was young uh, i was a han solo guy kid rather than a luke kid um you know you you pick you kind of pick oh, so was I. The playground. Yeah. um or princess leia of course um but i picked han solo he was the cool one you know he was always the cool one and uh so like 
Yeah, he's on a pedestal for me too. But and even, I guess Indiana Jones too. I don't. Maybe but there's even, something about Harrison Ford. I don't know that guy. Even you know in the he's in awesome. the adventure in the you know in the in the Marvel movies, it's like you know we had a different roadie for um, you know in the first Iron Man, and then it was re- and so people get recast, yep. and eventually we get over it. But for some reason, I'm still sure. resistant to. Anybody else playing Han Solo, for example, or if they wanted to recast Princess Leia in episode, you know, nine. Fredo? No, I was going to say, well, let's put, using the Marvel example, I think it depends on the character. Like, for example, recasting Rhodey from Terrence Howard to Don Cheadle, you know, while it was jarring at first, everybody adapted. Imagine if right now they said, okay, we're bringing back Tony Stark for the next Avengers movie, and it's going to be played by Tom Cruise, like the original was supposed to be. Like, how much of a disconnect would you have with that character not being played by Robert Downey Jr.? Because so, in some ways, that's the issue. It's it's the personality of the actor or the person fitting the character to a T that you can't really split the two. It's not, you know, Gregory uh, Peck was a great actor, and he embodies Atticus Finch in a way you actors could have but at the same time there's actors who can play that quite uh, dignity that he but I mean, that role and i don't want to belabor this because we got we got we got mm-hmm. to get to our special guest here but it is it's interesting because plays take any play it's like how many people have played puck in a midsummer's night's dream and it's like yeah they're a good puck they're a good puck it's like it, but you know so it's still a visual medium it's not like i'm reading on it's still a visual entertainment and we're accepting of other actors playing certain roles, but in movies we tend to like, oh my God, they're recasting. And so maybe this is for for a later time. So I let's just leave it as rhetorical and everybody think about it for a week or so. But it was just kind of a, you know, kind of a realization I had um, on Friday night. Um, all right. Well, like I said, we've we've had her suffer enough. So. Um, <laughs> Live from uh, Mobile, Alabama, we have uh, Martha Howard with us. And so you've got a con that you are forming. You want to tell us about it and what this is all about? Yeah. Um, So a couple of friends of mine and I uh, just fairly, I don't want to say recently because we actually started planning this about a year ago. But um, we started working on a new convention for Mobile because Mobile has conventions, but they didn't have anything that we necessarily wanted. So we wanted to do something that felt more for us. So uh, we started a convention called Azay CityCon, and uh, it is in July 15th and 16th. So it's a Saturday and a Sunday. Um, I've been uh, a convention guest a lot lately. And I do a lot of two-day cons, and I just like them. I like the pacing of a two-day con right now. It's just, it that felt good. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's what we're doing. So what was what is it you're, um, you're trying to, what is it that you didn't like about the other cons that you're trying to make up for in this one? Uh, well, what, fun, it's a funny story. Um, the other large con in the area, I actually used to work for them. Uh, I did all of their, like their event programming. I was the coordinator for the event, did most of that by myself with, with a team of people of varying degrees of helpfulness. Um, 
as, as things are, you know, tend to be. Um, but I didn't really like the vibe and the way that they were going. And I didn't like some of the things that um, they had a hard time letting go of. Uh, some because the convention had been around for years and years and years and they just had some things that they were doing that I just wasn't super crazy about the uh, a lot of the spaces weren't the most inclusive um, which I mean you know I'm I'm a girl that (laughs) it's a thing Uh, it's one of the things in the nerd community that we struggle with is uh, especially with uh, like gaming and stuff like that which um, most of the board, uh, the board is entirely female and most of us are gamers. So it's just one of those things where, you know, we just wanted to have a more inclusive space for people who also kind of walk in and go, I don't know where I fit in in this. So on a, on a tangent, have you ever seen the South Park episode where the, the boys are upset because the girls are joining their gaming club and they keep beating them at all the games? Yes. that's that's just an awesome episode (laughs) yeah but i mean that's that's kind of just uh where it came from was and and we wanted to be able to you know run an event the way we wanted to run it have the guests that we wanted to have um you know put more emphasis on artists um where you know before there was a lot of emphasis on uh you know like if you go into the vendor hall it was a lot of shoppy type vendors which is fine that's great but um we wanted to expand the artist alley side and have more local artists and things like that um the other uh co-founder is um by profession she is an artist and an art teacher so that was really critical for her she wanted to see more art so yeah are you guys bringing in like um guests and you know um people that other um People that are either famous in the region or famous nationally, you know, the people, yeah. names people would recognize. Yeah. Um, so this year, with it being our first year, um, we are bringing in our headliner for the show is Amanda Miller. She's a voice actor. Um, she's done a lot of things. Uh, if you've ever played Danganronpa, she's Junko from Danganronpa. She's a couple other, she's a couple of characters in Danganronpa. Um, she's got a couple of Fire Emblem characters, but the one that kind of made me go, ooh, was, uh, she's Sailor Jupiter. So, and I love Sailor Jupiter. Mm -hmm. I got really excited about that one. Um, but she does a lot of really great, um, oh, and, um, Baruto. She's Baruto, so. Okay. Um, but, uh, so she's coming in. We have, uh, Fighting Owl Films just got announced today, so it's a local film crew that's coming in and doing some stuff. Um, one of their uh, movies was on Mystery Science Theater, so that was pretty cool. Um, we have uh, a handful of really good cosplayers. I'm really excited about because you know I love my cosplayers because I am a cosplayer. So um, we have uh, Nellie Nuttons has been announced. Um, Astro Lens, who's from Louisiana, Nellie Nuttons is North Alabama, Montgomery area, and we have Thirteen Cats, who's from our area. And uh, we have one more that hasn't been announced yet, but she's another Louisiana girl. So I'm excited about that. So <laughs> podcasts and stuff. Can you talk a little bit about creating it? It's, so one of my, the other thing I do is I play Irish music and go to Irish festivals all the time. And they always say, it's like what you need to do to start an Irish festival or any really music festival is you need to basically find a parking lot and get a, 
you know, a beer license and a beer vendor. And, you know, you know, that's basically how you start it, you know, have a stage with musicians and make sure you have beer and you're good to go. So, I mean, I, so, so you've, you've worked in with cons before. So you had a little bit of, um, insight into how the sausage was made. Um, what, what goes into creating a con from the ground up and, um, you know, you, you know, the biggest challenge is location and finding a spot that's big enough, but not too big and a spot that you can divide out so that you can have panel rooms and you can have gaming areas and all that. That was the biggest challenge was finding a location. Um, and that's, I mean, you know, it's, yeah, other than that is basically, yeah, find a parking lot, get your license, do the thing. Uh, luckily, uh, we are in one of the hotels downtown in Mobile. It's the Holiday Inn. It's got um, this huge tower with a big bar at the top of it, which is really kind of neat. Um, and so we're, we're kind of lucky in that sense. I love hotel-based conventions where you can kind of like book a room and just stay in it. So, uh, so I'm going to, I will say I've been to a couple of Star Wars celebrations um, and of course, Wizard World when it was in New Orleans, and now it's called Fan Expo. But the yes. best, the best con that I've ever been to was in Omaha, Nebraska, and it was, it it was like you said, it was at a hotel, and it was small, but they had events where it's like you know I I paid for the VIP badge, yeah. which wasn't all that much money, but what it got me was like now it was like you had a meet and greet with you know, the celebrities that they brought in. So I shared a beer with the guy who played low gray, you know, the Ewok from return of the Jedi sat down talking to the guy who played Leatherface. you know, it was, you got to, you got to interact with, with folks. You got to, um, you know, it was the, the more intimate thing. It was, it was by far the best con I've been to because of that. You know, it's, it's like some of the smaller Irish festivals like I talked about are great. And then you go to the big ones and it just, you lose that connection. Yeah, that's one of the things that we felt really strongly about was that we wanted to do, and, and particularly a hotel-based con. That was one of the things that we really wanted to do because it does kind of, it's it's like everybody's having this little mini vacation all at once together. And so it's automatically like more family vibe. Like, you know, everybody's your new best friend and you're all going to hang out all weekend. Um, and I love that. I think it's, I think it's really good. I think it's really... Um, it's good for the community. Uh, you know, I like a smaller event. I like coming in and meeting new people. And then all of a sudden you've got buddies for the next show, you know? Um, and that's really hard to do at bigger ones, but those little hotel cons. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just right quick. I guess this is one of the advantages of doing your own con is that you can set your own time, location, guest list rules yeah so can you speak about some of that just just the benefits of getting to hey i know it's gotta be my own party and i'm sure it's gotta be a lot of work but you also get to set it the way you want it exactly no it is a lot of work and i'm the first one to say it is a ton of work and i have a great team you know it's one thing that i'm really really blessed with this time around is in the past i've been the one doing a large portion of the work and this time I've, i'm always like am i did I forget to do something? Cause I'm not doing something right now, but it's, everyone's got their little piece. That generally happens like two o'clock in the morning and you wake up and go, Oh crap. Did I forget to do? Exactly. <laughs> and it's really kind of nerve wracking. Cause I'm like, you know, we're what a month and a half out and, and I'm not busy. Like it's really amazing, but it's because my team is, has, you know, done a really good job 
with the divide and conquer thing. And I straight up say it's because we're all a bunch of women. We know how to do that. It's just like, get it done. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. <laughs> there are no egos. Everybody just jumps in and does their job. It's great. <laughs> so you've mentioned cosplaying a couple times. Yeah. Um, obviously, you see my stormtrooper helmets all over the place. I'm a member of 501st, so I have snowtrooper oh, armor <laughs> and... Uh, and uh and actually it was because of i went to star wars celebration i was thinking about this earlier today went to celebration two in indianapolis and i'm horrible at saving money and um horrible at saving money but i saved money to buy my plane ticket and i was a teacher at the time so i really had no money but saved my gig money and my lesson money and stuff like that to buy a plane ticket and hotel and go to this thing my brother met up with me and the 501st was doing security air quotes, you know, they're basically, okay, don't go here. And I was like, this is awesome. So I came back and, um, my wife and I were taking the dogs for a walk. And I said, you know, I'm so, you know, I'm so proud of myself that I saved money for this thing. I would, I think I'd like to, you know, save and get my own stormtrooper armor. And my wife said, well, it's your money. And then quickly went, but maybe I was like, nope, too late. It's on the table. So, but <laughs> since then, I mean, no, it's, she's been great support for all this. She supports my nerddom. Uh, so, but what, uh, what cosplaying things do you do? And uh, talk us, talk to us about that part of your life. Oh, it's so much. Um, so that's really where like my um, nerd cred, I guess, exists is in the cosplay world. Um I've been a professional cosplayer since 2016. So um, at this point, I have something like 70 or 80. I don't know. I stopped counting at some point um, costumes that I've done. Uh, I do a lot of charity work. I do a lot of uh, cosplay events. Um, I do a lot of conventions. I judge a lot of costume contests and I do everything from, I mean, I do gaming, I do horror, I do classic comics. I'm kind of having a run right now of, and I don't know why it just, it's happening that way. I think I'm hitting all of the nineties cartoons, redheads right now. <laughs> so <laughs> just going down the list and just checking them all off. So like I've done rogue from X-Men and poison Ivy from Batman, the animated series. I just did April O'Neil. Like, I'm just like seriously just going down the line and checking off the redheads. So, um, but yeah, I've, I've, I've done a couple of Star Wars costumes, not as many as I would like. Um, I did, I did Mara Jade. Mara Jade's the one I, that I, that's like my comfort mm -hmm. cosplay. Okay. So <laughs> pause right there. Are, are you hoping that you're going to see Mara Jade in any of the Ahsoka series since we're going to see Thrawn and everybody's talking about the Filoni movie being called Heir to the Empire. Are you hoping that you'd see Mara Jade or not? I don't want to hope because I feel like that hope already got crushed. <laughs> when George Lucas said he didn't like her? Yeah, I feel like it got crushed and I'm like, man, I love Mara Jade. So I'm trying not to get my hopes up on that one. Um, you know, I don't, I would love to see it. I would absolutely love to see it, but I just, I don't know. You know, I've already gotten my little feelings stepped on on that one, so I'm a little hesitant. But what if? Okay, so what if? Let's let's give you your present. Mara Jade is in the the movie that's coming up. Let's say she's there, but it's there are differences from the Zon trilogy. So yes, it's Mara Jade, but no, she's not into Luke. Luke's nowhere involved, you know. Or there's like I said, subtle changes here and there. Would that bother you at all? 
No, I don't think it would. I really don't. I'm sitting here going like, what could they do that would really bother me? And I, I don't think it would. If it still felt like her as a character, you know, if it if it still felt like, like the essence of Mara Jade was in there, I'd be okay with it. I mean, I, I think that you, you would have to change some of those details because they just don't work anymore. So... Cool. So I, st I stepped all over. You were talking about cosplaying. What other Star Wars <laughs> cosplay do you have? Uh, I do just a generic Sith. I did that. I threw it together one year for Dragon Con. So I'll do that occasionally. Um, I have been trying to talk myself because I am a seamstress. That's what that's where my happy place is, is I like fabric. And I have been trying to talk myself into some of Padme's dresses but I'm like, if I'm going to do them, I'm going to do them to Rebel Legion standards because why not? But that's just a lot. Those are really complex. Uh, yeah, the 500. Yeah, that's exactly. They have an entire team to do these costumes with, and I am one human right. with a handful of sewing machines, admittedly, but still just one human and, uh, and a full-time job. <laughs> you know that's not that so but yeah yeah the 501st and the rebel legion they get persnickety about and i mean Very. I, and i understand i understand but you know yeah. but it is like there's been times where it's like my first you know when i got my my tk armor um i remember i was so happy that i'm like yeah i'm trooping with the 501st this is fun i'm in my stormtrooper armor and another guy comes up to me and says those aren't the right buttons it was like, hi, I'm Aaron. Nice to meet you. You know, it's like it. That was. It wasn't like, hey, buddy, nice to see you. And now your buttons. It was just those are the wrong buttons. I'm like, gee, Christmas. We're grown people dressed as stormtroopers here. It's like, can you cut me a little slack? But I mean, like I said, so it is. You know, I understand. But um, it's uh, intense. But I get where they're going with it. But yeah, it's intense. But like you said, so we're all nerds in costumes. Come on. Yeah. So speaking of that, let me ask right quick. Do you find it easier to have a set character that you're trying to recreate, like say a Padme, or versus when you're making say your standard Sith, that you can have some freedom to kind of go with it? Which one proves easier? Which one proves harder? That's always easier, I think, to be able to just kind of create something from your own little brain. Because who's to say that, you know, if this piece goes wildly mm -hmm. different from what I originally imagined it? No, it didn't. You don't know. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's that there is a creative freedom there. Um, that's really neat. Uh, so I, I do enjoy kind of creating my own characters or, or my own takes on, you know, characters that already exist. You know, I like swapping things around and doing fan art and all that kind of stuff. So that's why I kind of um, like the Mando Mercs because it's like, you know, yeah. they, they seem to have a little bit more freedom in, I mean, yeah, it's got to look Mandalorian, but you can, you've got more creativity there. Yeah. I have a good friend who has a poison Ivy Mando. It's kind of amazing. Nice. Oh, cool. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. The Mandos are fun. So you, uh, you mentioned, uh, um, Mara Jade. Um, do you have, is, is she your favorite Star Wars character then? Or do you have one that's uh, above and beyond? Okay, no, she's not my favorite. Um, but my favorite 
it's so bad because this is such like the God, this is such a basic white girl answer but like and i'm not gonna call him grogu i'm not i like i have pets i have pets so my my favorites right now i am absolutely obsessed with baby yoda, baby yoda and babu freak those two i'm obsessed with i just give me the little weird things that probably need a mom that's what... i have cats it makes look i have cats i'm a cat person <laughs> Like there's a three-legged cat running around here somewhere right now. So, I I saw on your Twitter profile the name of the three-legged cat, and I just about died. <laughs> His name is Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> That's so. awesome. Given that you're living in in Alabama, it's only appropriate. Right? <laughs> Not only am I living in Alabama, I'm living on the coast, like real close to shrimp boat areas. So yeah, I have mm-hmm. Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> lieutenant dan and what's really funny is that we have trained him so that if you holler ice cream he comes running to you that's how he like instead of <laughs> calling for him you just say ice cream and he comes running <laughs> so ice cream. so speaking of babu frick it wasn't babu frick but it was whatever the species is in um the man the recent mandalorian season did you hear that character swear is that okay? Is did he really swear? I I will play. I I took a screen capture. I I I recorded it, so I have it forever on my iPhone. I'll play it, but Dave would have to edit it out. Um, so I don't want to put him through that. So after we we uh, stop recording, I'll play it for you. Hundred percent. I mean, I I think I, I heard what I thought was a swear. Yeah, he said. Yeah, because he says he when he says uh, bad baby, no squeezy. And then he says, I'm out. You know, so uh, <laughs> that's yeah. what I thought I heard. So um, it'll be interesting to see if that stays in um, or if, you know, how, how long it stays in. Um, and, you know, Baby Yoda, I, I agree. That was one of those things where it's like you see it at first and you go, oh, that's cute. And then you worry about are they it's it's kind of like when Bobby Brady and Cindy Brady grew up. You know, then they just be, kind of became annoying. Yeah. So I yeah. think it's good that whatever the species is has such a long lifespan that he can remain cute for the remainder of our lives for so long. It's fine. Yeah, I the video of Filoni and Baby Yoda and Filoni's like playing guitar or whatever, Baby Yoda's dancing sold me. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely mm-hmm. sold me. I was like, look at this cute little booger. I love him. So. what's your favorite star wars movie uh so um probably of all of them or just of the the six all of them yeah all of them. rogue one that's an acceptable answer yeah give me give me the like i don't know i just rogue one was like that was the one that was just rough all the way around well and i actually diego luna was on um morning joe on msnbc today and they were talking Mm -hmm. about they were talking about andor and they were talking about rogue one and he said that about rogue one he said the thing that's cool about rogue one is that they're just everyday people Mm -hmm. and it was it was the most diverse team so you have people of different backgrounds and cultures getting together for a common cause 
you know, and they were just, like I said, everyday people. It wasn't like a mist, you know, a, the most powerful Jedi ever and, you know, his apprentice and then a yeah. giant Wookiee. So it was, you know, it was an intimate, uh, you know, movie. Yeah. So it's yeah. nice. It's nice to get away. Um, I'm, a, I'm a gamer at heart and particularly I love Dragon Age and Bioworks. I'm a total nerd. <laughs> Um, but this is where everybody that is like part of the Dragon Age fandom hates me because my favorite is Dragon Age Two, and the reason that my that's a bold that's a bold choice. <laughs> it is a bold choice, but I love it, and I will fight anyone on it. But the reason that I love it is because in the other two games, you are the chosen one that is there to save the world. I can't relate to the chosen one there to save the world. I can absolutely relate to the person who tried to run away from a whole mess with their family and just try to keep everything alive and everything is failing miserably i can relate to that guy i can relate to the one where there is no good choice you know that to me that everyday every guy kind of character i don't know it's just yeah you, that feels more real you get more emotionally involved in that i guess so that's why that's my favorite and that's why rogue one is my favorite <laughs> All right, that, before, that was, before that was Dave asked, oh, hold on, I got to ask a question, though. We asked what her favorite really? was. What's your okay. least favorite? What's my least favorite? Yeah. Hmm. We don't have to dive too far into it, but what's the one you're not going to stop when it's on TBS and watch it? <sighs> Phantom Menace. All right. I, I just, I just can't. It's it, there's just something about it. It's just jarring and grating. I, there's, there's certain characters with sounds. Their voices. The only character that I can handle listening to in that movie is Liam Neeson. Everybody else's voice, I don't know for some reason, just hits the wrong nerves in my ears or something. I don't know. I don't hmm. like it. That's an, inter <laughs> so. that's an interesting point, Dave. It's Oh, I was just going to really briefly uh, jump off of what you previously said um, about the every man being put in a position of not having a good choice to make. It made me think of The Last of Us. I don't know if you watched that. Yeah. Yeah. Like the way that series ended, it's just like chef's kiss because you're just like, it's not, you don't have a good choice if yeah, you're in that like, position. Sometimes there isn't a good answer. Yeah. And so, I, I really don't think that we get enough of that. I think mm -hmm. there's always like there's a hero and there's a perfect answer and everything is wrapped up in a nice bow and you walk out of the theater feeling good. And sometimes I don't want to walk out of the theater feeling good. Right. Sometimes I want to walk out of the theater and sit there and think about things for a minute. Oh, not me. I want to leave feeling good, especially <laughs> especially after we went and saw my life when we were in college. And I was like, oh, my good Lord. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, so. What we've talked about this on the on the, our podcast before. Um, what is your your earliest Star Wars memory? Okay, so when um, Return of the Jedi came out, I was three, and as a three year old little girl, I can tell you, see, nothing ever changes. It was Leia in the Ewoks, and just her uh, what like the picture, the core memory that I have is her hair down and all the Ewoks. And like, that was like every, like that was the best princess scene I had ever seen in my whole life up until that point. So. Do you ever see yeah, the, the meme where the, the person, the cartoon where the person wakes up in the middle of the night and his brain says, you ever wonder who the lady was that the Ewoks ate so that they could have the dress for princess Leia? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Came from somewhere. Came from somewhere. It did. It did. Maybe it just was, you know, lost luggage. I don't know. So was, was that the first, was that the first Star Wars movie? Well, you were three, so probably. Um... Yeah, that's the first one that I remember seeing. I do know that um, my parents uh, very affectionately called me Yoda for a little while <laughs> because my mom went to see... Um, the movies and uh i guess it was it, it was the scene where yoda's dying and she had baby me at home and her over emotional hormoned up self started <laughs> like crying in the theater my dad couldn't get her to stop because apparently i had big ears i don't know <laughs> and i reminded her of dying yoda. <laughs> so not the most flattering picture you know. So were were your parents both kind of your enablers then for oh, yeah. uh, for nerddom and uh, and oh, all this yeah. stuff? My parents, my parents were the worst enablers. Like I always say that my first uh, cosplay, like real cosplay, you remember back in the eighties when you had like your Halloween costume was like a plastic garbage bag with like a costume printed on it that yeah. got yeah. off the mask that was and a mask and the mask that you, you can't breathe, breathe through. through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't do it. I absolutely would not do it. So I was like. I want to be Shira because I was having this moment when I was six and I wanted to be Shira. And I insisted on a screen accurate Shira and my mom's a seamstress and my dad is a really fantastic woodworker. And she made the costume and he like did a little balsa wood sword and crown for me. And I was like in it. And it was like a legitimate, like to this day, I would have been like, okay, I would have seen that at a convention. No, no doubt. So I call that my first cosplay, but yeah, I was six and they were absolutely my enablers. You know, and that, I, so I was just at uh, fan expo, new Orleans, uh, what at the beginning of the year. And I found myself, you know, it used to be, like I said, when I started going to cons, I saw, you know, the 501st, I was like, oh, that's really cool. You know, the people who did all these professional things, but what I found myself this time was like seeing the kids who are like middle school age and younger who obviously like, they put it together themselves yeah. and they're walking. You can tell just like about two inches taller than they probably do. And it was just like that. That's just awesome. You know, it's, it's the best. One of my favorite things um, when I am a guest at conventions, we always do. We judge the cosplay contest and the, the kids contest. Those kids will come in a lot of times with their parents and we ask, you know, what part the kid made, what part the parents made. And the parents will sit there and just brag. And you can see, like, how proud these parents are of their kids, too. You know, and it's great just to see. And I'm always, you know, make sure to thank the parents for being supportive. Because there are a lot of people out there who don't have, you know, don't have that. But these people are like, I don't know what this is. I don't have any clue about this character. But she wanted to do it and we figured it out. And it's just, it's so good to see. It's really, really good. Well, and, and like the con you are creating, it it creates another place for kids who might not feel like they belong to belong, you know? Yeah, I mean, that, that, that truly, truly matters. So <clears throat> Definitely. Um, you really do find like another family in, in convention. Um, I have a number of con babies i call them my con babies i'm con mom um these are kids that uh, i've seen at the same conventions every year you know for years now and a lot of them are in college and things like that now i get mother's day presents from them it's really kind of sweet <laughs> um 
but uh, you know, I've, I've watched them grow up and they feel most at home in that environment. You know, some of them, their, their home environment is not understanding of what they like. Some of them, you know, come from really strict religious upbringing and they, the costume thing is a problem, you know, mm-hmm. and some of the, some of the stuff that they like anime is a problem, you know, for a long time, I heard, you know, lots of kids that had, they couldn't watch or read Harry Potter, you know, things like that. It was just, so, you know, just being able to have a space where they could kind of do the things that they enjoyed, you know, with people that also enjoyed it and that they could find people that would support them and kind of do that parent side, I guess. So. I'm curious, like um, for you, like what are, what are your, um, what are your feelings on it? What, like, what do you kind of get out of it? And where, you know, like I, we have Aaron on every week, but I don't know that we typically have cos, uh, cosplayers on the show to, to talk about the topic. And I'm, I'm just sort of like, how does it make you feel, you know, like, and, and how do you think that you fell into it? Was it, was it that stuff that you did as a kid or, you know, or was there more of a seminal moment later on? So for me, I mean, I've always, I've, I've always, um, I grew up as uh, we were in dance and theater and I grew up, like I said, in, in a big family of girls. My mom was a seamstress, so she worked uh, in the costume department, you know, for everything that we ever did. Um, so I grew up in that life and I've always been a nerd. Those two things kind of came together. But um, I, I said I became a professional cosplayer in 2016. The other thing that happened in 2016 was that I was going through a very, very rough divorce. And I really about 2015 when that happened, but I was using one of the costumes that I was building. It was actually uh, Liliana from Dragon Age Inquisition. And um, I was using Liliana basically almost like, like I was going to therapy, but then I would come home and I would just sit there and work on this costume because it's Bioware and it had 5 billion parts <laughs> and it straps mm-hmm. to nowhere. So it was just so many little things that I could just kind of get lost in these details and figure these things out. So for me, the process of creating the costumes is incredibly therapeutic. Mm-hmm. I go back, like if I get really upset or if I'm really depressed, I, I will go and sit at my machine and just make something. It's kind of like, you know, when they tell you, you know, to, you know, if you're depressed, try baking because you accomplish something that makes you feel a little better. And then also you get a treat at the end of it, which is nice. Like, you know, hits the little happy spots in our brain. Um, Making a costume is is a lot like that for me. It, it, you know, it makes me feel like I achieved something, but also I get this cute little outfit at the end and it's like, Hey, happy spot. I kind of found cooking to be the same. Um, Yeah. There's, you know, it's, it can be just such a nice thing to just, you, you, lose yourself in because it demands your attention and then again there's a tangible reward at the end you know there's uh it for me it uh, first of all it's just like you feel 10 years old again it's like and i'm i'm a i'm a a stormtrooper you know but then when when i'm trooping and a little four-year-old kid comes and gives you a hug you know it's just like all right, this is really cool. And I, you know, I've, I may have shared this story before. Um, we were waiting to march in some parade, and um, one of the one of the guys who was dressed as a stormtrooper with us is totally deaf, 
Mm-hmm. And um, this mother came over with her kid um, who was in one of the marching bands. Um, who And kid wanted to see there's two stormtroopers and Darth Vader. And um, the it turns out that the kid who was in his band uniform was deaf. Because mom immediately started signing to the kid. And James just... You, never seen a stormtrooper do a double take (laughs) and suddenly you had he didn't take off his helmet you had a stormtrooper signing to this band member and then that's when i had darth vader turn to me again without taking helmet off say this is really effing cool you know because it's like those connections that are made you know um and because when you're in this cosplay you become again more approachable you become um somebody that a kid can relate to. And when they, you know, just bringing that little bit of joy is just makes it all worthwhile. Yeah. It's, it's really neat um, to, to, to kind of think back and go, you know, okay, now you're a core memory for this kid. You know, you're part of this kid's like story, which is really, I had, um, I'm a weird human. The other thing that I enjoy doing other than cosplays, I'm, I'm a mermaid. So like I swim with the tail, the whole bit. And uh, I had uh, a day fairly recently. It was free comic book day. We did an event that day. And then I went and I was like, I just got to get in the water. I had been having a rough time. And I was like, I, I need to go get in the water. So we were in Dustin anyway. So I was just like, well, I'm going to pop over the bayside and go, go swim. Because I keep a trunk full of mermaid gear. That, that, as one does. Yeah. As one does. Because, you know, sometimes you just might want to swim. So. I keep a full trunk full of gear and uh, I was out and I was just swimming you know kind of by myself which is totally against the rules but whatever I was depressed okay it was a bad day <laughs> um, and I had come up to the shore for a minute to just kind of rest and there was this little girl and her dad that were walking down the beach and this little girl saw me and beelined and she couldn't have been three years old maybe um, she's probably about two and a half she spoke spanish i do not speak spanish <laughs> kind of great when you're a mermaid though because you can just pretend like you don't speak at all because you're a mermaid so it's fine this little girl's just chattering to me and like playing with my tail and like she would pet my hair and then she climbed in my lap i mean just completely like made herself at home climbed in my lap put her arms around my neck and her dad is calling her, and I don't know, the only word I caught was mama. I know that word. And she snapped back at her daddy, no, 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 mama. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I'm like, yep, that day, uh, that little girl learned that mermaids are real, and nobody is ever going to be able to tell her otherwise. Mm-hmm. So, so, nope, that's a core memory forever. Yeah. So remind everybody how they can find your information about the con, um, where they can find you online, stuff like that, so we can get more yeah. people to go to this. Yeah, uh, our website is isaiacitycon.com. Um, real easy. Uh, Facebook is the same. Facebook slash isaiacitycon. Um, and uh, Instagram is also isaiacitycon. Also on Twitter, which I always forget that we have, but we do have it. So. And, and then, like, dates and cost, et cetera. Dates and cost. Uh, July 15th and 16th at the Holiday Inn downtown in Mobile, Alabama. Right now, tickets are $35 online, uh, $55 for VIP. That's for Saturday and Sunday. Um, 
at the door, there'll be a little bit more. Gotcha. So, so get them early, do kids. It now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mark. Uh, oh, go ahead, Dave. What your uh, your Twitter handle? Uh, little Red Fox. Little Red Fox Cosplay. Yeah. It's Little Red Fox Cos on Twitter. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Well, Martha, thank you for joining us tonight. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. You're welcome back anytime. You. If you want to, you know, take us on in trivia once again. <laughs> Sure, keep throwing softballs that move. We're good. <laughs> I, I don't cheat. Even with Dave's kids, when they're doing trivia with us, I don't find the easy ones for them. I throw them all of them because they need to learn. So, um, <laughs> cool. Well, all right. Well, um, so everybody make sure you're going to Mobile the 15th and 16th of July. Um, and otherwise, or if you can't, make sure you tell your friends to go. Um, and until then, we will say who dat. Who dat? Who dat? You don't have to say who that. It's okay. It's you're you're not a Saints fan, so it's all good. <laughs> Won't make it. Um, but everybody have an awesome week. My monkey.